Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on February 18th, 2024 on the basis of Mark chapter 1, verses 12 to 15. The gospel reading and also our sermon text today from Mark chapter 1, just a few verses here. At once the Spirit sent him, Jesus, out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to guess that you probably don't know a name like Helmuth von Moltke. He was a Prussian military field general in the the 1800s. But for for people that that study military strategy and and look at history in that way, uh, he's a very significant name. He's considered one of the finest military minds of his, his time. People still study his his strategy, and it has influenced uh, military strategy after him. There's a quote from him that still survived today. He says this, No plan of operations extends with certainty beyond the first encounter with the enemy's main strength. Do you kind of get what he's saying? Before you head into a a battle, um, you come up with a plan. You come up with how you're going to engage this army in battle. And then you probably think of a few contingencies of what might happen and how we might react in that particular instance, right? But what Helmuth von Moltke is telling us is that that kind of all goes out the window when you first encounter your adversary. And especially when you encounter your adversary in your adversary's main area of strength. Then any sort of certainty that you thought you had in your plan, it kind of dissipates quickly. It reminds me a little bit of the, the, the maybe a little bit more recent quote from Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I couldn't help but think about this a little bit as, as we read our, our gospel reading for today, and looked at specifically the temptation of Jesus. Because uh, over the years, Christians have looked at this particular section in order to, to come up with their battle plan against Satan and his temptations. But before you get your pen and paper out and start coming out with your own battle plan against Satan, let's, let's meditate on this, these verses a bit and, and really dig in here. Just before this section uh, was a, a, a very memorable scene. Jesus is in the, the Jordan River, and he is being baptized by John the Baptist. And as he's being baptized, do you remember what happened? The, the heavens opened, the, the Holy Spirit descends on, on Jesus like a dove, and God the Father speaks from heaven, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. An awesome scene. Mark moves on pretty quickly from that scene in his gospel. And the very next word that he uses is at once. 
Another translation of that can be immediately. Mark's kind of known for words like that. He actually uses that very word 47 times throughout his gospel, which is partially why Mark's gospel is, is termed the action gospel. He moves from one thing to the next very quickly. There, there's a sense of urgency here. As he says, at once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness. Uh, he didn't have time for a baptism party, no time for cake. There was a sense of urgency here. There was no time to, to waste. So, Jesus is taken, led by the Spirit, out into the Judean wilderness where he will be Exposed to the elements, he will be with the wild animals, and he'll be tempted by Satan. Now, of course, we're going to spend time talking about that last one, but let's not discount the first two either. He's out in the Judean wilderness, exposed to the elements. Uh, The Judean wilderness is an arid wasteland. It gets less than two inches of rain uh, per year. So, good luck finding water. Good luck finding a, a tree to get some shade underneath, right? He's out with the wild animals, and we're not just talking about deer and stray cats that scurry away as you, you come up to them. Uh, these, this Judean wilderness had animals that posed a threat to him, that were a physical danger for him. Add to that the fact that he's been fasting for 40 days, and it, it just intensifies the struggle that, that he's going through out there. And then Mark records, he says, he was in the wilderness... 40 days being tempted by Satan. Being tempted, right? Multiple times. Satan's coming after him. Satan's going about his work trying to entice him away because that's, that's what Satan does, right? Satan tries to pull you away from your heavenly father. He tries to stand between you and your heavenly father. God, had just, God the father had just spoken his words of, of blessing and love over his son for others to hear. This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And what the devil's trying to do is reverse that blessing. To make it so that blessing doesn't apply to Jesus anymore by trying to lead him into sin. As you meditate on this section a little bit, you can maybe see some similarities between this pattern and the Christian life. Jesus was baptized And then he was tempted. Jesus' life after he was baptized certainly did not become any easier, just like the Christian's life after being baptized doesn't become any easier. Jesus would be subject to temptations and tests and suffering and struggles. And if you thought that the Christian life was going to be a relatively easy one, if you thought after your baptism it was a slow and steady climb to the, the top, well, that's just not the way the Bible speaks about life. That's not the promises that God makes. There will be temptations and you will be tempted. The devil has no reason to go after those who already belong to him. He has every reason to go after those who belong to the Father who he despises. You will be tested. There will be a lot of times in life, we talked about that in the, the first lesson, where the, the more difficult thing to do will be the, the God-honoring thing to do. 
you will suffer. Jesus says that every follower of him will be a cross bearer. And that cross will be personalized and special for you. And you will struggle. You will struggle against sin that is crouching at your door and desires to have you. So if you know that, if you know that about the Christian life, it only makes sense that you'd want to come up with some sort of plan. How are you going to, to, to react when the devil comes to you and, and tempts you in those ways? How are you going to, how are you going to live when you, you go through struggles and suffering? How will you respond when different tests come into your, your life? What's your battle plan going to be? So people have looked at this section um, from Mark, but probably more specifically from Matthew and Luke. This, this account is also recorded in Matthew and what Mark covers in two verses, Matthew covers in 11, and Luke covers in 13. So let's go to those two for a second and just remind ourselves of the temptations that Jesus faced here. So uh, Jesus has been out in the wilderness, right? And he's been fasting for 40 days. And Satan comes to him with the first temptation and says, why don't you just turn some of those stones over there into bread so that you can, can eat? Why don't you use your divine power to serve yourself? That's the translated version, right? Uh, that's what he's trying to get Jesus to do. Which, side note, Jesus never did that. His divine power was always used for selfless means. But, but you can understand the temptation. He's hungry. He's hungry, and he certainly does have the power to turn those stones to, to bread. And yet we see Jesus resist the temptation of the devil, and he, said, he uses God's word, right? He says, Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, then the devil takes him to the, a second spot for a different temptation. He takes him to, the, to a high point on the, the temple. And, and this temptation perhaps seems strange to us, but he, he is playing on Jesus' divinity a bit. He starts by saying, if you are really the Son of God, and then... He said, he, the devil essentially says, if you're going to use scripture against me, Jesus, I'm going to use scripture against you. He says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Satan's taking scripture, taking it out of context and, and tempting Jesus to put the Lord to the test. Jesus again resists and says, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So Satan takes Jesus up to the, the, the top of a very high mountain where he can see all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, all of this I will give you if you will just bow down and worship me. Essentially what he's saying to Jesus is, you know the tough things that lay ahead of you. You know the, the suffering and the agony that, that lay ahead of you. Just put that aside. Take what's pleasurable, what's convenient, what's comfortable here and now. Jesus resists that temptation and sends Satan away. Okay, so those are the three temptations. Like I said, Christians have looked at these and tried to formulate their battle plan. And it makes sense, right? Because as you're form formulating a battle plan, you need to know a little bit about your adversary. 
You need to know what sort of tactics and methods they might use to, to attack you. And at least in part, we get some of that here from, from Satan. Then you also need to know in a battle plan, how are you going to, to, to react? What weapons are you going to use against your adversary? And you have Jesus, the, the perfect one, using the word of God. And that's a, a good way to plan in your battle. Yet, uh, if I could repurpose Mike Tyson's quote, <laughs> everyone has a plan until Satan comes after him. We don't have it in us. We don't have it in us on our own to fight against Satan. If he doesn't get you on disrespecting authority, uh, he'll get you on lust. If he doesn't get you on greed, well, he'll get you on lying. If he doesn't get you on coveting, well, he'll get you on pride. Satan is relentless and he is not to be trifled with. He has taken down man after man, woman after woman, for just about as long as time has existed. Adam, Noah, Abraham, David, Paul, none of them were matches for Satan. So what makes you think that your plan's going to be any better? It's not. The, the best plan, the best battle plan, really the only battle plan, is to rely on the one who can already claim victory over Satan. Jesus, Jesus went toe-to-toe with Satan. Not to mention Jesus was at his physical weakest here. Uh, Maybe aside from the cross, he was at his physical weakest here. He went toe-to-toe with Satan and he never gave in to any of his temptations. These were the three that were recorded for us, but there was maybe more that, that Satan brought to him. And you can bet that Satan came back throughout Jesus' life and, and, and tempted him to sin, but, but I don't think I can say this strongly enough. Jesus never sinned, not once. And he took that spotless, blameless, perfect life and he went to the cross and and sacrificed that perfect life on the cross for you so he could defeat Satan, so he could crush his head, and so he could give his perfect obedience to you. (laughs) The best battle plan, the only battle plan, has to be Jesus. Jesus, only Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Now let's look at what Jesus said. In this very short section from Mark, we've kind of got two verses and two verses together here. The first two talked about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And then there's a gap between verse 13 and 14. There's a time gap there. But we have Jesus' words to the people after he went into Galilee and he's preaching to the people He says, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. The people for ages have been waiting for this. They had been waiting for the long-promised Messiah. They had been waiting for the the, the Savior who would take away their, their sins. And he says, now the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. And his message to the people, here's, here's for you now, right? Repent. And believe. 
as I was meditating on those words a little bit, because we, we hear those words a lot, repent and believe, um, here's the picture that came to my mind. I, I pictured a person carrying some sort of weight, right, whether it was on their shoulders or in front of them. Maybe you can think of the last time you were carrying some sort of, of weight. And this person's carrying this weight, and they're, they're walking as they go, right? Now, the last time you, you were carrying something somewhat heavy, right, the longer that you held it, the heavier it felt, right? The more time that elapsed, it just, it just felt heavier. And, and you, needed, you, needed to, you were getting closer and closer to the point where you needed to set it down, right? And then if you're, you're moving with it, too, at the same time, with each step, you get more tired and more worn down. And as you, you keep walking, whether it's 100 yards, 1 mile, 10 miles, 100 miles, at some point, at some point, you just you can't do it anymore. You either collapse under the weight of whatever you're, you're carrying or, or you, just, you just can't do it. That's what it is for the, that's what it's like for the person who's, who's living their life trying to, to prove to themselves and to other people around them that they are a good person. That's what it's like for the person who in some way, shape, or form feels like they, they need to atone for past mistakes. That they're trying to make up for the bad things that they did in the past they're, they're trying to, to, to do more good than, than bad in their life. And what Jesus is saying to the, that person is let it go. Let it go and give it, to, give it to me. Let it go and give it to me because I'll carry it for you. You can't carry this. You cannot carry that weight on your own. Not, not even for, for one yard, let alone a hundred, let alone a whole life. You were never meant to carry that weight. I got you, Jesus says. Repent. That's what he's saying. Let it go and give it to him. Repent. Admit that you're weak. Admit that you can't do it. Admit that you're not your own savior and believe that Jesus is. Believe that that Jesus has squared off against the devil and won. Believe that Jesus has been perfectly obedient and that His obedience he has given to you in this great exchange that happened on the cross. Repent and believe that his victory is your victory. I've been ragging on battle plans a little bit today. and I don't mean to rag on it. I don't mean to discourage you from from coming up with a battle plan of how you're going to face temptation and tests and sufferings and struggles. It is a good thing to, to come up with a plan about that. But what I am encouraging you to do is to, to rest that plan on Jesus, to rest that plan on, on his forgiveness and to run back to the cross always where you see that his victory is your victory over Satan. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for taking time this week to, to be in the Word and to grow in your faith. We know that where the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working to strengthen and to create faith in the hearts of people. Uh, Because we know that's the case. uh, And if you enjoy these sermon podcasts, we'd we'd really love it if you'd share these with your friends. Uh, This is an easy way to evangelize and to get the word into people's ears. And, And as a way of also doing that, could you hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. This is just a way that we are able to be seen by more people so that more people may hear this gospel message. 
We hope you'll join us next week as we we dive into God's word yet again. God bless.